Hello and welcome to the Avocado Proust podcast, a weekly podcast about tech, culture, health and everything in between. We'll share things that caught our eye this week and then go a bit deeper on our topic of the week. Our topic of the week this week is dating, specifically the safety element of dating online. Something that I, we are very familiar with, aren't we, Jeeves? We are indeed. (laughs) Extensively. Extensively. We have done so much research on this topic. We are very excited to bring this to you. But before we get into all of that, let's share some highlights of the week gone by. What are some, some highlights for you, Jeeves? So... Last week on the podcast, I revealed that I'm not the biggest fan of VR and the future metaverse yes. that we're going to be living in. But I saw an interesting article this week, which was about a positive effect that VR can have on people's life. Um, so I thought I'd share that because obviously we strive for balance on this podcast we do and I'm always open to hearing the other side of a story so this study showed that VR can help people with agoraphobia so that's people who are afraid of kind of leaving their house and essentially how that worked is it allowed people to kind of practice interactions like going to a coffee shop and ordering a coffee or making eye contact with people and essentially, it was just to help them become more comfortable. So yeah, VR I, can have some good. I, I've, I'm a I'm a fan of VR. I think as we as we discussed pre- uh, previously. Yes. <laughs> if I didn't already make that clear, I think this is going to play quite a big role in the future of humanity. It can either go very wrong or very right. The way that it's going is probably not. It's probably unlikely to be a net positive for humanity as a whole. But I think there'll be pockets of good, and this is one of the examples. Yeah, of agree. the pockets of good. Yes, I think any any technology will have good and evil applications, and this is an example of a good one for yeah. VR. And it's, this is probably the way in which we get to live forever, if that ever happens. I know I keep talking about it, but this is this this feels like it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be the future. It's gonna be the result of our search for the fountain of youth potentially. And speaking of the Fountain of Youth, it was my birthday, my birthday week this week. Yes, big week. <laughs> I made, I, I took everyone to dinner and then made them sing happy birthday to me. And then when they did, I acted really embarrassed. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> guys, stop it. This is so embarrassing. But yes, it was a, uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting week. It's always interesting turning another year, especially when you're in your thirties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say in your late 30s, but I'm still mid. I'm going to say mid to late 30s. Um, but it's, uh, it's, always, it's always a really interesting uh, time of year to consider because you start to really think about what the sum total of your life has been. <laughs> Unless it's just me. Jesus yeah, I was going like to say, crazy. you're very reflective on your birthday. You are. I mainly just wallow in despair. Yeah, yeah, I do. I love, to, I love a bit of reflection and... So yeah, this week I saw an article that talked about how scientists at the University of Cambridge have been able to essentially rejuvenate cells of a 53-year-old woman, so they became the equivalent of a 23-year-old. Wow. Which, and they used the same technique they used to uh, clone Dolly the sheep back in the day. It's a technique called IPS. I didn't look up what IPS stands for, so I'm just going to go with it because, you know, I trust my sources. <laughs> so the BBC wrote about this uh, this week. 
And effectively, yes, they use the same techniques that were used to clone Dolly the sheep in order to rejuvenate these cells. And they were able to, in 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 essence, (laughs) in a sense, in a sense, in (laughs) essence, essence, reverse aging for a set group of cells. So just for those skin cells. So they're not they're not creating new skin cells. They're taking existing cells and putting them through a process so putting them through a process and quote-unquote reversing their age but like how how do you define the age of a cell I don't know if the BBC went into that detail um they did not but they said that the scientists said the cells were younger and that's all that I needed to hear in order to know (laughs) that at some point maybe my cells could be younger in essence they're seeing this as they were able to reduce an age without losing their functionality So they saw a lot of potential with creating new therapies with this in mind. In the future, they might be able to boost people's responses to vaccinations as well and their ability to fight infections. They can see it also benefiting people with diabetes if they can rejuvenate parts of the pancreas too. That's interesting. So unfortunately, the technique, the IPS technique they they use um, actually has a pretty high cancer risk. So... (laughs) <laughs> so it gives with one hand takes Swings takes away with the other but i thought that was really interesting it's a pretty extensive uh, article that was written about it i obviously just took the gist of it because you that's know, what we're here to do it's exactly what we're here just to do gist. while we're on the topic of aging actually yes. i did see an interesting article about a gym that banned millennials from working out so they only allow people who are born before 1970 to join this gym it's in Australia and essentially the idea behind it was to make gyms more accessible to older people to get them to be more comfortable with exercising and I thought it was quite a nice idea actually because I go to the gym and to be honest there are a lot of wankers can I say that (laughs) and I can see how it would be an intimidating environment for someone who's older. There's lots of kind of Instagrammy looking people who are looking at themselves in the mirror and wearing like very, I don't know, Jimmy clothing. <laughs> and I, yeah, I don't know. So I, I thought that was quite a nice concept uh, for the older set. Like a, a safe space, if you will. Yeah, exactly. See, my question would be, is the equipment the same? It didn't specify, but that's a good question. I would imagine it would need to be yes. to be more accessible. Uh, I, I imagine it would be the same equipment as in, like, I suppose if you're doing weights, treadmill, all, all the kind of equipment but I'm thinking is the more, same. Do you remember that profile I showed you on Hinge of the, the young lad at the gym? <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> uh, the topless man at the gym. There are going to be weights and uh, vanity weights, I would probably say. I don't think... That's a good point. It was a functionality thing. Yeah, the like 50 kg dumbbells. Like who who is using those? No, well, no one who is... Other than for photos. Yeah, no one who isn't (laughs) taking selfies immediately after and then trying to get into my DMs. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's a good point. So maybe they they wouldn't have the heavier weight. Maybe more more classes. Yeah, or 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 specific types of classes that are more gentle. I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, I think that was cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see the value for that. So other than your birthday, anything else that's happened for you this week? Yes, I 
so I had to go back to the office this week. It was our return to office, RTO, as the tech companies are referring to it as, or I guess everyone's referring to it as, I as, mean, tech, as RTO. I don't think anyone is referring to it as RTO. <laughs> that is the first time I've heard You haven't that. heard RTO? Why does it need to be an acronym? Because everything is an acronym. I mean... It, there's, you know, TLDR. So unnecessary. CBA. <laughs> I brought that up to say being back around people has been quite, quite the interesting, I don't want to say challenge, but it's been a... Uh, a challenge <laughs> being back one of the good things with being back in the office however was the opportunity to talk to people really randomly and discovered just how many people have relied on podcasts to get them through the pandemic and a great recommendation that I received from a colleague this week is a podcast called Twin Flames now Twin Flames is a, an investigative podcast if you will and it's essentially based on the story of these two, this couple who started a YouTube channel and their whole idea, their whole premise was that every human being has a twin flame and <laughs> your twin flame is the person that was created at the same time as you by God. And so the two of you are supposed to be, supposed to find each other and do life together and they'll be your forever love. And this couple promises that they are the only ones who have the secret to helping you find find your twin flame jesus is shaking her head so when you first said twin flame only thought it was gonna be something about evil twins but actually it's even (laughs) weirder (laughs) (laughs) it's almost worse it's actually almost worse it's just what what the thing that that in itself is fine if people want some help with finding love that's fine but this the whole twin flame concept basically says that if you know that you found your twin flame and you can usually tell because of how passionately you feel about them or how intense your feelings for them are it doesn't have to be reciprocated so you might know that's concerning (laughs) you might know or you might think in your mind this person's my twin flame and if the person says no and resists then this couple who does the course will coach you on how to persist because in their minds they say if you love somebody it's your responsibility to let them know that you are their twin flame so when they reject you they're just really rejecting themselves what? <laughs> so this sounds a lot like harassment if if the other twin flame happens to disagree with this diagnosis if it's non-consensual so there's six episodes of this podcast that basically explores the experiences of some of the people who are a part of this entire just shit show but what's wilder is that everything i've just told you is just in like the first half of the first episode so things start from there and get just worse and worse and wilder and weirder so if you're looking for some entertainment and you like me or have to start going back into your office (laughs) and you need something to keep you company i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed listening to the twin flames podcast so i would say add it to your list in addition to avocado proust of course of course so those are the things that caught our eye this week if you see things that catch your eye or you run across anything really interesting or random or weird or wonderful then drop us a note let us know send it on over and we can all just have a chat about it because we're all in this group chat together all right on to our topic of the week we are going to be talking about dating online 
safety. And the reason we're going to talk about this is dating has now basically all gone online. You don't really meet people in the wild anymore. It's all through the apps. And it's kind of an interesting turn of events from when we were kids and we were told, don't meet, don't talk to strangers. Then, you know, you got a bit older, don't talk to strangers on the internet. (laughs) And now... The goal is to actively meet strangers from the internet yep. at night, yeah. usually. <laughs> Everything we were told not to do, and that's yeah. suddenly our world. And never sober, because sober is weird. Don't yes. meet strangers online at drunk. night drunk. <laughs> or not, not drunk. It's the way but. forward. <laughs> so it's a bit of a departure from what dating once was. And with that comes safety concerns with the new technologies. So that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. I saw a documentary on the BBC about this topic recently and their research found that 25% of people using dating apps have reported sexual assault on a date. So obviously it's quite a big problem, like 25% is a lot. And this documentary looks at what happens when people try and report those experiences to the apps. So I would, we're not going to go into all the details of that documentary but I'd recommend giving it a watch but as someone who has had a relatively positive experience on dating apps like I've never felt unsafe or anything like that I found it quite eye-opening to see that so many people seem to experience uh, these negative things. Yeah we have had we've both had very different experiences with the apps I get approached very differently on the apps than you do, James, don't don't you? Yeah, I think <laughs> some of the messages that Looms has received and shown me are horrendous. They're pretty horrendous. And I don't know anyone else who gets messages that are that explicitly, just aggressively... Um, what's a... G- <laughs> like, I want to say forward, but that's not really... That's, that's not really encompassing yeah, the... That's not gravitas of how horrendous they yeah. are. Yeah, because Ford is like adorable. It's cutesy. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, it's just Ford. Yeah, it's okay to be Ford, but this is just like, I mean, yeah, that, Very uh, they're not great. They're basically. incredibly inappropriate messages, and it would be one thing I think if that was what I was soliciting or that's where that's something I was asking for. But it's there's that element already where so the so we've already seen how the the difference in treatment on the apps is very different for for people and I still don't know why I get those responses and uh, others that I don't, don't know don't get get those I say responses messages and others don't so there's that al- al- already embedded it's interesting to see yeah not just the difference in experiences but also the ways in which the, the different apps have tried to tackle this because we've seen some examples of those as well yes yeah and I was actually going to ask you have you ever reported any of those negative messages you've received? So I used to report, I used to report them quite a lot in the beginning when I first started using the apps and the messages, because they weren't threatening, it was more just, they were just very aggressive, very sexually aggressive messages that were pretty just not great. So I would report those, but it's, there's no category to report a message that isn't threatening in oh, really? a sense. there isn't like a you can't just say like this message made me uncomfortable at least not i'm thinking about tinder or 
at least not back in the day. I haven't reported anyone for a while on Tinder, so I don't know what that process is. But oh, one of the things actually on the apps is when you report them, the app will then unmatch you from the person. And so the messages just disappear. So there isn't a way to see what the outcome of the report was. Because if you sent me a message that is awful yeah. and I report you, we get unmatched and the history is cleared. So there's no evidence. There's no evidence that I have access to as the person right, who reported okay. you. There's no the evidence. The app will have, you would I guess, hope, that You would data. hope the app will ha would have that data. But there's no way to know what the outcome is. And I have seen people uh, on on the apps come back again where that have been reported. Right. So, so there, there's not really any repercussion. There's no outcome. There's no repercussion. There's no, there doesn't seem to be a consequence. Or if there is one, it's not publicized. So it's really difficult to know if your reporting is doing anything there's a couple so Badoo is another app they have tried to tackle this by banning screenshotting that immediately feels like a terrible idea it's I cannot imagine the people who were sat in the boardroom that made this decision and there are a lot of activists women's rights activists who have been campaigning to have that policy reversed and Badoo is just like no, we want to prote uh, protect the privacy of our users so we don't allow screenshotting and they've just come back with your box. They just haven't responded in any sort of productive or helpful way. That's so confusing. So I guess for context, for people who happen to be listening and, and maybe aren't familiar with dating apps, the reason you'd want to screenshot something, so I've definitely screenshotted profiles, messages from dating apps and... Part of the reason is if I'm going on a date, I'll screenshot the photos of someone that I'm going on a date with, particularly first date, obviously, to my friends. So I'll be like, OK, I'm going on this date. Here's what this guy looks like. You know, I'll message you after kind of thing. Like it's it's very much a safety thing. And I know Looms has sent me screenshots of like some of the awful messages she's received and I just feel like there's evidence there. Mm -hmm. If, you know, God forbid something bad was to happen, you need that evidence. So them not allowing screenshotting in the name of privacy seems actually quite counterproductive. Like, who are you protecting there? You're protecting the privacy of people who are behaving inappropriately mm -hmm. or fake profiles so if I have a profile of photos that are of looms <laughs> and I'm catfishing <laughs> how are they like someone could screenshot that and be like actually this profile the person was not who they say they are you know it's it's all this like evidence that you is no longer I guess available if you can't screenshot so that's I think that's quite a weird decision yeah yeah, I, I'm not on board with that. So I, I don't use I don't use Badoo. I just don't agree with that. And I, I don't think it's a very safe place. If you're somebody who cares about something like that, it's probably not the best place for you to be in. Another player in the market that's relatively new, maybe a year or so, is Thursday Dating. They have the really cool marketing. They do a lot of guerrilla marketing stuff in yeah. IRL. Very Gen Z, very cool marketing branding. But it's an app that's only available on Thursdays. And the idea is you it's on for a day. You log on and you make a date for that Thursday and you just go off. And the idea is to get people off the app, which I thought was a, was a cool idea. Yeah. And it stops this 
endless messaging back and forth, etc. Well, the reason why I never joined them in the end was because they had a requirement for government ID. So you had to show a driver's license or a passport to start a profile, which I understand on the face of it. I understand why they thought if we have a collection, a membership database of people with government ID, people are less likely to misbehave. Yeah, I guess it's sort of like people can't fake who they are, right? If you, if you have to show your ID. And I think that is a big problem on presumably on other dating apps where you can create a profile incredibly easily and you don't have to validate who you are at all. So I feel like that would make me feel safer knowing that people had to give their ID in. I had an issue with that for a couple of reasons. And the first reason was they when I asked them about their data protection policies that they had in place for keeping this information safe and how it was being transmitted transmitted across the internet etc like the um, elder millennial that I am <laughs> <laughs> when I asked them they sort of just said oh we, we have really strict rules in place and there was just a kind of wishy-washy response sure. and I couldn't find anything on their website just talking about how they would keep that information safe so I just wasn't comfortable with that idea anyway I'll barely want my bank to have my ID at this stage, you know, <laughs> that's how protective I am. But the second reason was be taking, it's one thing to take people's IDs, but I just don't think that bad people will stop being bad just because somebody has their ID. It would have been a lot more convincing for me to sign up if there were background checks, which <laughs> I believe you pointed out at the time, that that was maybe a little bit unfeasible, unfeasible as a business model. <laughs> so, interestingly, I, I don't think it is necessarily unfeasible as a business model. It's unfeasible as a free business model. But yeah. actually, we'll get on to a new app that is actually doing that. But background checks are interesting because I actually don't think they solve the problem completely. So, having your government ID, as you said, isn't necessarily going to prevent creeps from joining the app they'll probably still be there it might just stop the creeps who want to pretend they're someone else but there are others the background checks might stop a few people who obviously do have a background uh, criminal history of violence or other crimes but people who might commit crimes of a sexual nature or violent nature won't necessarily have a criminal background because so few of those cases get reported, even fewer get prosecuted and even fewer get convicted. So in all likelihood, it's not actually creating the safe environment you think it is, I, I would say. Obviously, they're good measures to have and you'll eliminate the people who definitely do have that criminal record which is good but it doesn't I think it could also lull us into a false sense of security and maybe it would make us feel a bit more like oh it's fine you know there's been background checks and and would it make us be be less wary uh I don't know so I think I think that's kind of an interesting angle to it that because obviously the stats on you know prosecution of sexual assault are, are so abysmal yeah I I guess the question then becomes where 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 do you draw the line when it comes to trying to date safely how as women how do you or as somebody 
from a marginalized group of some sort, how do you make sure that you are making the best possible decisions for yourself using the data points that you have at hand? I wonder if technology can help us get further in any way. The apps will have this reporting data and I don't know how they validate between fake reports and real reports and how they what they do with that data but that could create some sort of algorithm or something to identify people who are behaving a bit creepily so for example you know the messages you receive surely there is a way to just like use technology to not allow people to send messages like that like I I just feel like there's more that can be done You would you would you would think so. But I think a lot of these apps, especially because they're free, will be using will need the advertiser revenue. So they can't. It has to be a place where anybody can send a message to anybody because it's better to have humans sending message messages and getting shown ads than it is to not have anybody send or only a handful of really nice people. That would be a great app. Just, <laughs> just here's, here's a bunch of really cool people who are not terrible. <laughs> Ideal, really. Well, I, so I think that's what we mentioned, the app that is being newly created earlier. And that's called Safer Date. And essentially the concept is to create exactly what you said there, an app which has, in theory, all nice, safe people on it. And essentially they carry out ID checks and criminal background checks, exactly as we kind of said, to eliminate fake profiles and any, obviously, people with a history of certain crimes. I haven't looked into exactly what crimes they'd prevent, but I'm assuming those of a kind of violent or sexual nature. Yeah, I think um, it's with, with an app, see, that sounds good in theory because if you're going to be somebody who is just going to for lack of a better term spray and pray <laughs> top that as your approach for dating for online dating and just you know mass sending out horrible messages to people in the hopes that somebody will bite the amount of hoops that it would take to jump through to get onto an app like that maybe wouldn't make it feel worth it to you yeah there are easier apps for you to go and use and be a creepy predator so you probably wouldn't go through the effort of going on that app that's true i wonder how well that particular app is doing are there any stats on usage um i'm not sure actually i think it's relatively new and it's paid for obviously because the background checks and stuff cost money i think the the concept of paying for a dating app is i'd imagine brings higher quality people as well or or maybe there's an element of safety there yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure paying eliminates quality. I did a study a little while back, a little while, many years ago, where I tried out eHarmony and Match.com. This is before they were all the same company. Plenty of Fish, which is free. eHarmony was probably the most expensive at something like £35 a month or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, Match.com was about 25 Again, this was over a decade ago or so. And I tried out all these different apps and found that actually paying for the apps you uh, you got the same people obviously I was an example of that because I was (laughs) also (laughs) testing them all out but I had a theory that at some point if you paid for your interactions or you paid to use the app you would get better quality but it's not it's not that straightforward okay unfortunately however I do think because paying is one thing but 
jumping through hoops to get some sort of to get checks and all that done that might be a good eliminator yeah I think it would be for sure and it would certainly eliminate the uh, very obvious predators like you know some might still get through but I imagine an app like this would have much better kind of reporting processes than some of the standard apps like tinder and yeah i think it would probably be it would probably end up being a safe place to date my question is why would men join because women obviously join to feel safe and they're willing to pay to do that but are you just going to end up on an app that has no men on it because they don't want to pay I don't actually know how much it is, but that's a really good question. We'd love to hear from you if you if you're a man listening, tell us what you think about the idea of a safer dating app. Is that something that appeals to you? Are you drawn to women who put safety first, <laughs> <laughs> who appreciate the quality that comes from an app that requires a little bit more effort? So that would I think that would be an interesting that'd be an interesting question to pose to folks. So looms. Obviously, we've talked about some potential ideas to make dating safer, but what do you reckon would actually create a safer dating environment? So when I think about when I think about safety, I think about psychological safety. For one, I've only ever felt unsafe on a date maybe two or three times in my lifetime. And I've been on lots of dates. So I think that's I mean, it's not quite as low as yours but in the scheme of how many more dates I've been on than you have I think you know a couple of dates have not really been that fine but when I think about what would make me feel safer online it would probably be in my dream scenario (laughs) my dream scenario would be to have a private concierge who screens all messages all incoming messages and then filters out the ones that are unsuitable for my for my eyes I think that would be my ideal. Short of that, when you look at how Instagram now knows when you're making a comment or putting a comment that isn't positive or a comment that could be deemed bullying, there's definitely the the technology that exists to know when something is being said. Even now, the apps can tell when you're referencing anything to do with COVID, even if it's in an image. It, it will put up a COVID warning. Yeah, that's true. Right. So that's a good point. So the tech already exists. These kind of messages should be screened out. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually think the COVID stuff is a really good example. But yeah, any sort of like content moderation that's obviously so big on Twitter and Instagram, I think could definitely be used in a dating app. And actually the concierge thing, although obviously you kind of laughed and were like, in an ideal world, actually, I think you could do that with technology. You could have something that screens your messages or, you know, obviously it's a feature that dating apps should probably consider building, but that feels like it actually could work because it just doesn't bring you those messages at all. You shouldn't have to see that stuff. And Plenty of Fish is a free dating site or it's an app now as well. They've been around now for a really long time. They've had this technology for quite a while. You have a way to say uh, you don't want a specific to see sexually explicit messages or anything like that. It's imperfect because it relies on specific words coming out that are, it deems to be of that tone. 
But the amount of sophistication that you can see, especially, again, I keep thinking back to the Instagram COVID warnings, the sophistication exists and it's there. This would be a really easy fix to do because it already exists. So if it's not being done, it's usually because somebody's making a lot of money and benefiting from these messages being allowed to spread far and wide. If you are if you're in charge of an app and your goal is to have as many people as possible using the app, you're not going to cut out all the perverts because if you do, you're going to be left with a lot of boring people who fall in love and leave the <laughs> app. What you really want is for perverts getting their kicks because then they stay on the app and they'll keep using it and there's no consequence for their actions. That's interesting. That's Capitalism. Sad to be honest. <laughs> Capitalism. This is the world we live in. So yeah, that's what that's what I would do to that was the only thing that would make it the environment safer. And then safety in real life is a topic for another day because Yeah, definitely. That's cover a whole that another time. Other ball game. It is. But there's uh, there's there's definitely a lot more that can be done. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you enjoyed this episode, then give us a follow and a rating wherever you're listening to this. Definitely get in touch with us. Our email address is in the show notes. Share this episode and share the podcast with your friends and also with people you don't really even like that much. Share it far and wide with everybody. And send us questions and dilemmas and interesting things that you see in the week. We would love to have you join our group chat. So send it on away. Send it on away. Send it. Send it. Just send it over. And yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>